Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Quinn. So 924 of the Real Deal Podcast. We continue to look at the epic show Snowfall. We are up to season three. This will be the last season that we cover. Of course, we did see we already done seasons four through six and one and two. So we're gonna try to enjoy this one. This is uh, I went, I'm going back and forth between season two and three. And after watching episode one, I'm probably going to be like leaning towards season three being my favorite season already. I'm all in. Uh, episode season three, episode one, to protect and swerve. So, dreams, more money, more problems. Uh, we see everybody has, and you see a nice bar behind your own. Everybody has has stepped up their game as far as lifestyle. We see Jerome and Louis then renovated inside their place, still the same house, but, you know, a fresh new bar, new clothes. We see Franklin now has his own place in a, a secluded uh, secluded area where, you know, his, his, he has, like, security. He has, like, 50 locks on the door and, a, you know, a, a computerized security system and very nice place, pool table, the whole nine. So everybody has benefited uh, from from the drugs and have, from the from the coke and coke, from the drugs that have been sold on the streets. And we see the flip side of that, of course. We'll get into uh, the effect that it has had on the, on the community as is depicted right in the opening scene uh, with Andre and what have you. So season three really was a turning point season uh, for this show. It's really the first season where people were like, okay, this show, this show is a thing now. First two seasons, um, it was one of those shows where it it kind of didn't have a lot, it didn't didn't have a lot of traction in the first two seasons. To be honest with you, it wasn't very popular. Season three was without three into four was definitely the turning point seasons that made this show an absolute hit. It also tragically would be the last season. Uh, that John Singleton had his his footprints on his uh, imprints on as he as he passed away um, during the season. The season was already made before he passed away. But so this is the last season that John Singleton really had an impact as far as the writing and some of the, the storylines and things of that nature. Um, so that so you can keep that in, keep keep that in mind as well. Uh, again, this is a turning point season for Franklin, going turning businessman, and, and just character. His character turns darker, as we'll see in a number of situations in uh, season three. One particular that will be coming up in episode seven to eight. Well, I think episode seven to eight. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, like I said, more money, more problems. They reaping. They're reaping the benefits of all the money that's being made. But of course, they have a ton of more problems because now, and I, Andre mentioned this during the episode. Now they are there's there's no longer hiding in plain sight. Everybody knows who Franklin is. Everybody knows who Leon Jerome. Everybody knows that they are they 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 run they are running these streets as far as the crack and cocaine, the cocaine and, and crack uh, cocaine era. As far as doing, as far as running these neighborhoods, so everybody knows for who Franklin Saint is. He he is absolutely a made man. There's no secret to to who he is and what he's about at all. Um, so with that comes a, a target 
when you're back without, you know, we've seen, you know, Avon Barksdale's, we've seen uh, uh, Dino Browns and characters who have played drug lords in movies and, and depicted on television. Like, there's no, like, there's no hiding in essence. Uh, there's no hiding in plain sight. Once you get to a, once you get to a certain level, once you pay a certain amount of amount of money, it is what it is. So we see it. We see Franklin had to deal with a number of new problems that to come along as being with being a kingpin uh, in the drug game. Quick recap: Jerome opens a business. The price of brick goes up, and also has a new finds a new job shortly. Uh, finds a new job. So that is a quick recap. We get right into the deep dive. Franklin versus Andre. Um, so this season, you're going to have the season will have, it's going to be Franklin versus Andre in this season. Uh, Franklin, of course, we know Franklin's uh, feelings for Bounty, Andre's daughter. Uh, Andre has, has seen, and it was depicted in the opening scene, he's seen what drugs have done to the community and is really taking him aback as he, the opening scene, you have a, a, a crackhead who tries to steal money from a dealer and the dealer sees that Andre, sees Andre in the background or in his peripheral and tries and says, you know, basically tells her to step off. She tries to get, tries to steal his money. He pulls off the car. He, he starts driving and she, um, it gets to a point where, you know, he's driving at such a speed where she flies out the car and forget about her, how, how she felt, forget about her being the pain. She immediately went to the crack pipe. Now, a couple of things about this scene that really stood out more so than I did, did not ever watched it before. I've ever seen this particular scene or this episode before. The girl who looked, and this is not, this is the genius of this show. So Andre runs up, tries to see if the, lady, if the girl's okay. He sees her smoking a crack pipe. He sees her immediately grabbing uh, the crack pipe and smoking it. So the girl looks like Melanie. Of course, we know it's not Melanie. But the girl looks like when I looked at the scene, I watched the scene three or four times. Like that looks just like she favors Melanie that way. And I can't, I cannot believe that that was uh, by accident. There's no way that that was by accident. And that is a definitely that is foreshadowing one on one. To be honest with you, uh, considering what what is going to transpire in this season. So Andre approaches Franklin. Um, towards the latter part of the episode, he takes him on a ride, shows him what the, what drugs are doing to the community. Tries to basically, in essence, talk him out of being a drug. It, it was a fit. It was so during the scene. This is not about Andre trying to get Franklin to go on the straight. He knows Andre is too deep into the game for that. He knows. So this is him basically, basically telling uh, Franklin, "I'm on to you." And is we are we you know basically says we are at war in essence like we like this is not I'm not I'm taking off the gloves are off no more you know out of respect for my daughter out of respect for the fact that you really didn't have a father in your life I kind of looked after you a little bit uh looked after you since you were a kid that day is done like we we not doing we not doing that anymore I know who you are I know what you're about I know you're destroying this community so we this is me versus you. And in return, Franklin basically calls Andre out for being 
says you're a fraud. Like you, you are a part of a system that is, in essence, uh, destroying our community in terms of the police force. So I see. A, so you know, he basically calls, in essence, calls Andre like a, a Uncle Tom. And the great thing about this scene is uh, you see both viewpoints on. Obviously, Franklin is destroying the community, and obviously, Franklin, what Franklin, you know, is doing is is he's killing me. He's killing his own people, in essence, for for profit. Uh, but what Franklin is is Franklin is you know he he has a absolute capitalist capitalist mindset at this point. Um, Franklin has that mindset, and he also has a. There's, there's some Walter White in Franklin too. I saw in the notes that during this during this rewatch, uh, these last two of these uh, first three seasons, there's some Franklin Franklin uh, some Walter White, and and I say that because Franklin, you know, there he's a pure he is a pure. Walter White was an absolute narcissist. Franklin believes in what he's doing to to the point to where if you're not following him, then you are clearly in the wrong. So it's not like he's it's not like Franklin's like, hey, I'm going to do my thing. It's cool if you do your thing. No, no, no. I'm doing my thing. And if you're not doing my thing, then you are a part of the problem. And that's how he views Andre. He doesn't view Andre as somebody protecting uh, people or protecting the good, doing good by uh, protecting people, saving lives. Like, no, you are part of this system that, you know, that in, in essence has uh, kept down, has helped keep black folks down as well. And punishes our community as well. And in in a sense, he's right. I mean, look what's going on with the police force, with with, with the police in 2023. It was been going on with with the police slave patrols going back way back when forever. So great scene. Um, you, again, these two characters will be added for the duration of the season. Um, they again, they genuinely don't like each other. Which adds to you know, which certainly adds to which will add to this. Of course, you have the Melanie aspect. That's 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 part of it as well. Um, so this is something that we're going to be watching for for the entire season. This Franklin versus Andre um, dynamic. That scenes Leon Fatback and Man Boy's soldier. So Man Boy, of course, we're going we'll deep dive Man Boy probably in the next couple of episodes. But Man Boy, of course, is the new kind of player drug dealer in town he is and we find out that man boy and maybe i'll talk about this a little bit later in the podcast but man boy has uh a couple of his soldiers don't follow his instructions he told they he, he told them to just scope out what franklin and leon and what they were doing just scope it out and, and, and kind of keep a low profile they scope it out but they decide to try to rob one of franklin's Ice cream trucks, which we know is a front for uh for the for the drugs and, and uh kind of the distribution of the drugs, so they go thinking they're gonna rob this truck. One of the guys tells them, "Hey, just you know, chill out, lay low." Two of them go. The two brothers go, and they both are shot and killed by Leon and Fatback. Uh, this again, of course, this has this will have some some ramifications. Not just it not only throughout the season, but throughout in this episode. Uh, so you know, you see what we saw in the scene was some guys that didn't follow the orders. Man, man boy gave simple orders. Hey, just scope it out. They choose to go on their own and do their own thing, and they pay the price for it. So uh, you had that going on. 
Um, we also see, again, we also get introduced to a new character, uh, Fatback, who is, in essence, uh, Leon's number two. Always, you know, the second, the second, the second guy, or one of the, one of the co, one of the guys always needed number two. String, stringer had Sham Rock. So Leon, now we see Leon, you know, stepping it up as far as his importance to the organization in, in, in terms of running, in terms of having projects with a number with his own number two. Uh, so you know, Leon. So now it's not even again shooting people in in, in broad daylight. It wasn't broad daylight. It was at night, but in plain sight. This 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 is where we're at right now. There was no there was no hesitation whatsoever uh, with Leon and Fatback killing these dudes. And again, these dudes paid a price for not following a direct order. They were told simply, "Hey, just scope out the place." And we see them. We see we see them pay the price for that. We go to man, boy, Franklin, Leon, Jerome, and Louis. So following this, this this was absolute brilliancy. Man, boy, uh, goes directly to Jerome and Louis' house and meets up with with Franklin and, and company. Uh, of course, he's patted down. He immediately, you know, acknowledges the mistake that was made by his peoples in terms of, uh, in terms of getting shot, in terms of uh, not only in terms of uh, trying to rob Franklin's ice cream truck, uh, and he tries to kind of make a deal with Franklin. Um, he offers the third guy up, in you know, as a as a means of good faith, and no, and Franklin. Just, you know, basically, Franklin right now is just kind of listening to Man Boy, not saying a lot. Uh, you see him go back. You see Man Boy go back and forth with Jerome and, and Louis. Louis recognizes that Jerome and Louis are together. Um, and uh, really nothing comes out of this scene as far as they get an introduction. Well, first of all, let's to get some background on Man Boy. Man Boy and Franklin went to high school. So, man, so Franklin already knows, they already know each other in a sense, but they hadn't seen each other since high school way back when. Uh, and, of course, both of their lives have completely changed since that particular time. Uh, so they know each other from that standpoint, but this is the, their first meeting as, you know, in essence, drug kingpins. Uh, Franklin, of course, is higher, at this point, is higher on the totem pole than one uh, man boy. But this is man boy basically getting more intel on what Franklin's organization's look, organization looks like. He goes there basically unarmed, in essence. He was he goes there almost basically unarmed. Nobody, he had no, this was like a, this was a ballsy move by Man Boy, because he, he came with nobody. He comes in, they could have killed him with a snap of a finger. Like, just like that, they could have killed him. Because they were not going to do that, but... Um, the character, the actor that plays this, it was just you know it was brilliant uh, in this scene. He's cool. He's you know he's trying to figure out the layout of the land as far as what you know, he's still trying to figure out what Franklin is doing, what Franklin is all about uh, in terms of his organization. And this is this is the ultimate cat and mouse chess game between Franklin and uh, and Bad Boy, uh, kind of like a boxing match. You two fighters filling each other out. Um, Franklin basically tells him, "We don't need help, you know, finding your boy. In essence, like we just don't. We'll, we'll, we'll think that that will take care of itself." And you see, man, boy, uh, head out. Uh, we already see some early tension between man, boy, and Le and Leon. 
So that's something to, to, to keep an eye on throughout the course of the season. And again, the thing about this scene is, is Man Boy, how observant Man Boy is, even with the Jerome and Louis situation. Um, you know, he says to Louis, you know, you know, what you doing, you know, basically what you doing with these ignorant and with you know, with a bunch of these ignorant folks or whatever, something to that extent. Jerome speaks and he immediately recognizes, okay, you must be with him. So man boy, very observant, very doesn't, you know, talks a lot, but also though talks a lot, but also is very calculated. Again, this is a this cat will we will get to really know this character over the next season. And you saw him also in season four as well. Um just a, a fascinating character. Um that uh, we'll get to, that we'll see certainly a lot more of. But in this scene, he was just trying to see get get more information and more intel on uh, what Franklin was about, and trying to make a, a peace offer and considering that his boys violated uh, his direct order and, and got themselves got themselves killed. Louis and Claudia. Um, so Louis. Claudia during this episode has Soldier Soldier Rome. So again, this is an episode that that was definitely a transitional episode for characters in terms of what they're trying to expose expand to. You see Franklin with the real estate with his mom with the real estate. You see Jerome trying to open his business, uh, you know, uh, jamming Jerome's a business with speakers. And Claudia, of course, uh, Louis, of course, left Claudia and they got into a fight. We remember that. We remember that particular scene and, and how that you know. Claudia is all is just all messed up right now. She uh she took that out. She took that out of course on Jerome. She had her people uh break into his uh his place and basically destroy the place like two days, basically a couple of days after it opened. And so Louis goes in trying to kind of piece things together with Claudia, uh, trying to keep her off Jerome's ass and keep them, you know, keep everything, trying to make peace in a sense. Uh, they have a they have a discussion. Louis finds that Claudia is again is all fucked up. Louis Claudia uh, now is addicted to co- to cocaine. She takes a bath, and uh, we see that uh, she again is just all messed up, out of sorts. She says that none of the doctors have been able to do it. You know, the headaches, the migraines, it hasn't. That none of that has worked, and Louis, we in essence will find out later, especially in season five. We would find out. And I can say that now because we already did, we already did season five. That this is in essence, this was Claudia's uh, final episode. As uh, we find out that she was that she drowned in the tub, and that Louis kind of assisted her. Now again, Claudia was already addicted uh, to the coke to cocaine, so she's already addicted, um, but. Louis gave her a little slight nudge, and we see the guilt when Louis go returns back to Jerome uh, later that either later that night. We see the guilt, or in terms of her knowing that Claudia is, is gone. So they close the book on that story arc. Uh, they close the book on that particular uh, character. Uh, again, at the time we did, we kind of figured it out, but it didn't. It didn't come out to really season five officially that this was that this was how Claudia. That Louis was in essence response somewhat responsible for uh basically putting Claudia uh out of her misery. MVP man boy. Uh, again, I, I think this character, uh the scene where he goes in, tries to make the peace uh with Franklin. He this actor was brilliant. 
Uh, Melvin Gregg is the actor's name. Um, he, he, he's been on YouTube for years as well, doing like Denzel Washington impressions. A very talented actor. Um, was in, uh, I think he was in uh, the new LeBron James house party. He was in that as well. So he's been, he's been getting a lot of work lately, but he was great in this particular episode. In this particular scene, he was great. Just, you know, he's kind of like, he's, he's kind of like Franklin light in a sense. Uh, he's more, he's a thinker, not very emotional. You see that, you know, in a scene where, and we find out that how they, they had the recipe because Wanda is working for them and Wanda was the one that gave them the Intel on the ice cream trucks and what have you. So when they come back and we, when, when his one, when the one guy comes back, who's the survivor of the shooting, uh, Wanda, you know, basically tries to throw her two cent in. He basically says, "No, there was nothing. They should have followed orders. There was nothing Tyrell could do." But we also see the other side of Man Boy that he, in order to to gain an advantage or what he thinks is an advantage, he will sacrifice uh, somebody, a low, a low, a low worker like Tyrell, as he sacrificed Tyrell to to get it good. And to try to, to get it good with Franklin Saint, and so we see both sides of that. We see how smart man boy is, man boy is. And also, we see how uh, cunning and just how devious he can be. You get a taste of that during this particular episode. Like he's loyal to the business. He's not loyal to any of his guys from that standpoint. From that standpoint. So uh, again, this is the scene that he did. With Franklin and that particular scene, that was just a brilliant scene. And uh, again, this uh, this character is a very uh, not the typical drug dealer character. Not to, I think they kind of got away from went away from that. Uh, like I said, a thinker uh, similar to Fra- similar similar to Franklin in essence. Um, and certainly, we will see uh, definitely going to see a lot of him. Over the course of this, this next season, of course, we already we already done this season four. We he, he was a big played a major role in season four as well. So, and also, man, boy, the group that he's leading, we get introduced to the Crips. They those are the group. He is. Uh, there was a, they are the Crips. We will meet the Bloods later on in this season. Uh, but these are the Crips. So we get introduced to a lot in this episode. Um. You see just the ramifications of what's going on, of what Frank, of Franklin's business growing, the amount of money that he's bringing in, uh, the gangs that is that's you know that that is in essence helping to start. Um, as far as Teddy goes, Teddy, of course, uh, Teddy chart Teddy meets with Franklin. And tells him, hey, the price of brick is going up. So it was maybe twelve keys before it's going up to fifteen. And they have a, they have an exchange where Franklin basically said, I basically thought you could control that. Teddy's like, you, I'm not beyond supply and demand. Like I'd be, I mean, they are the government. The DEA is cracking down on their operations, so that so it's tougher enough for them to to move the cocaine and, and what have you. Um, so and he lets let lets uh. He lets Franklin know you only breathe in fresh air of free air because of me. So Teddy kind of had, you know, kind of put Franklin in his place. Just had a reminder, like, in a way, I own you. Um, and we also see Teddy meet up with Gustavo, offering him a job. And uh, and we find out that we are something that we already knew, of course, 
that of course Lucille is gone and in essence is not coming back. Uh, you know, Gustavo is working in a bar in Arizona, and Teddy gets him. You know, Teddy finds him and tries to offer him a job, considering that Teddy's brother uh, is Teddy's brother in, in this episode, and also that's this is the main part of the Teddy, you know, in this episode or the Teddy story in this episode is we get to see just how torn and how broken his relationship is with his father. Um, he tells him about Matt. Uh, his father chastises him about uh, Matt was in great condition, great shape for he got involved with you and you bring him back in this, in this type of condition. So he gets on him about that. Teddy just says, I'll continue to send money. And, you know, the father said, hey, we don't want your guilt money. So we see that relationship is completely broken. And uh, just gives you more insight on who and what, on who Teddy is and what Teddy's about as far as just being strictly about business and really no real emotional attachments, emotional side to uh, what Teddy Mack or B. Thompson is, is about. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. We will see you next time with episode with uh, episode two, season three of Snowfall. So- with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.